Hello and welcome to episode 20 of the 10 to Track Noobs Weekly World Match Previews Podcast. It's desperately in need of a shorter name. So, uh, how can you contact me with any suggestions for that? Suggestions in general, just to talk footy, vote in our bonus match polls. I highly encourage that. You can find me on Twitter at SoccerNoobUSA. Looking forward to that. Thank you for tuning in to the 10 to Track, however it is you found us, because now there are multiple ways to find us. Previously, you've had to find us. Click on links to SoundCloud, but, and you've got to think their process for this must be pretty shoddy because uh, Noob's podcast is definitely uh, unique, and that might be a friendly way to put it. We do a lot of silliness here. We have now been approved by Apple Podcasts. It can be found there. Thank you very much, Apple Podcasts, for uh, having a blind eye towards Noob and this show. We're going to have a lot of fun, though. I am your host, Soccer Noob. I will be joined, as always, by my eight-year-old illustrious co-host daughter person noob i am new to following soccer she is new to being alive as a human being now i may be noob but i've learned an awful lot from following leagues from all over the world for the last few years and i am happy that you are here so that i may share with you the fruits of my ongoing footy learning journey that's a fancy way of saying i look at leagues from any and everywhere learning as i go and bringing it to you because while i will do some matches uh, involving teams and from leagues that you know well and can hear a lot about on lots of podcasts, I'm not afraid to go to any far-flung corner of the footy world. If it's a big FA Cup match, if it's a one-versus-two matchup in a league somewhere, if there's a trophy on the line, you can be pretty sure that Noob has at least considered it and is probably previewing it on a weekly basis. Also this week, we are going to be doing a special culinary segment that we've done before that will have nothing to do with footy and will be hosted by my daughter, Person Noob. Lots of fun to be had there. The matches, these will be covered from the 12th Friday through Thursday, 18. So with no more gilding on the lily, let's get right to it with... March number one! As always, we will work our way chronologically through the 10 to track. Our first match is a Saturday match. We're headed to Asia to Bangladesh, the Premier League there. See, you might say things like, oh, Leicester versus Liverpool is a bigger match in the world. And you're probably right. But you know what? This is a number two versus number one match, and that's the way we roll here. We're looking for the biggest matches where they're being played anywhere in the world. Uh, This is the number 25 ranked league out of 46 in the Asian Football Confederation. Uh, The winner does not get to go to the Champions League. They have two different tournaments, the Champions League, and then something that's very loosely akin to the Europa League in Europe. But instead of being for uh, second and third place teams from uh, smaller leagues like in Europe, this tends to be uh, the winners or maybe even second place finishers from some of the less soccer developed, as they call it. In other words, poorer countries and or countries where uh, cricket or other sports might be more popular than football. This is the tournament that they go to, the Asian Cup. The winner will go there. They're just a few games into the season, maybe averaging about seven matches as a team there in Bangladesh. Uh, Worth noting, last season, their season was canceled just six matches in. The match is second place Sheikh Jamal versus number one uh, Basundara Kings, or maybe it's Basundara, I'm not sure of the pronunciation. Uh, Let's see, uh, the Kings lead by five currently, but uh, Sheikh Jamal has a game in hand both over them and the team with which they're tied in second place for Sheikh Russell. A little bit about each. 
Uh, your contenders and hosts, Sheikh Jamal, they are known as, this is one of my favorite nicknames, it's sort of creepy for some reason, the Yellow Fear. Uh, that said, they're not from a real scary part, I don't think, necessarily of the capital city of Dhaka. If you like your working class teams, this is not necessarily the team for you. They are from the Dunmondi district of Dhaka, which was originally developed f as a residential area for uh, during colonial days for the bureaucrats and other businessmen types. Uh, and it's still pretty posh, if you will. And in fact, it's basically its own city of sorts, kind of central, even though it's central in the metropolitan area, it's really a self-contained city of about 200,000. Uh, they have three league titles to their credit, most recently won it in 2014-15. Uh, their best international finish, and I believe it was after that 14-15 uh, season, they made the group stage of the Asian Cup. Uh, they're good on defense, but offense is really where their bread gets buttered. They are number one in that by a long shot. They average over three goals per match so far. Where are those coming from? Well, they have a Gambian fellow who is the league leading scorer early here in the season, Pa Omar Jobe from Gambia. And then I'm going to get their uh, pronunciation of the goalkeeper wrong. He is tied for number five in the league right now, statistically. Zayur Rahman Zia. And then your host, or not your host, the visitors, rather, Basundara Kings. They are from uh, the Nilfamari district of the country, which is about, oh, 250 miles northwest of the capital city. This is just their third year in the Premier League, and yet they are the defending champs. Uh, this year, they're looking to do that. So far, they are 7-0-0. Defense is uh, really their big strength. They've only let in two goals on the season so far. Uh, they're not too bad on offense either, and like so many teams around their world, uh, the majority of their offense goes through a Brazilian. They've got a winger who is number two in the league in scoring, Robinho. He is 25, currently on loan from Brazilian Serie A club Fluminense. And then another Brazilian is number two in the league in assists, tied for that. A uh, single-name guy named uh, Fernandes. He is 25 as well. Botafogo uh, from uh, Brazil currently have his rights, but they've always loaned him out to other uh, Brazilian teams. And they've loaned him to this one in the past, but this is the first year that he is now fully... He's not on loan anymore. He's actually full-time with the Kings. And their goalkeeper, number one in the league by a lot, Anasur Rahman. And uh, he's just 23, so you wonder, well, where else in Asia or maybe even in Europe he might end up someday? And he's already got a couple of caps with the uh, Bangladeshi national team. Match number B. Before we get into the preview proper, first a quick note about our counting system here at Noob Headquarters. We like to count 1B, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. And why is it that we don't like to say, ooh, and I'm going to say it, number two. Here to answer that question, my illustrious co-host and lovely daughter, eight-year-old person noob. Why don't we like to say what I said a minute ago? We don't like to say that number after one, because it means poop. That's right, and we would never be so uncouth and ill-mannered as to talk about poop on a podcast, would we? No. No. But you just did. Uh-oh. I'm a naughty host, I aren't I? I didn't say it. <laughs> I know you didn't. You did. Yes, I did. You did a good job, as always. And that's why you'll probably be the actual host of this show and uh, the uh, 
star of it eventually. In any case, let's get into our match. Where are we going for match number B? Well, we're staying in Asia and going to Iran, the Persian Gulf Pro League, which is the number six league in the AFC. And uh, that part of the standings is a big deal because if you look at the AFC co coefficients, there's a really big gap between the top six and everybody else. So Iran's is one of the uh, big leagues in Asia. As such, uh, they get at least one team into the group stage of the Champions League. Yes, one, and then they get two into the playoff round, which is the match right before the group stage. Here to battle it out for match number B is second place, note what I didn't say, uh, Sepahan versus number one, Esteglal. Here's how the table stands. Esteglal lead by one currently, and then Sepahan lead number three, Persepolis, by one. In the table now, this is all very important because Persepolis has been the real power in Iran in recent years. They have a game in hand. They've been a little bit behind in matches played because of their uh, time. Uh, they had to postpone several league matches because of their deep run into the last AFC Champions League. They're catching up now, so one of these two teams desperately needs three points to be able to keep some distance between them and the likely eventual league winner, in my opinion, Persepolis. Season's about halfway done. First, a little bit about each. Second place currently, Sepahan. They are from Isfahan, which is a town about 250 miles uh, south of Tehran. And I say town, I should say city. The city proper has got about 2 million people. Greater metro area, about 4 million. Uh, fun etymology, uh, there, Sepahan and Isfahan, there's several. They all basically mean the same thing, and it's more or less place for the gathering of the armies. Uh, a note about this club, they were the first uh, non-Tehran-based team to ever win the league. That was back in 2002. 2003, uh, they do have five league titles to their credit. The most recent was in 2014-15. Uh, and their best uh, Champions League competition finish was in 2007. They made the finals. They finished in fifth place in the league last year. They have the number one offense in the league. Uh, they score about 1.5 goals per game. But if they're not able to make that stand up, it is going to be because of their defense. They're below average, number 13 in the league statistically. Uh, they've got the league league leading scorer for a name, uh, Sayad Shabazadeh. I hope I'm getting that right. My emphases on the right syllables. Uh, if his name is familiar to you as a European footy fan, then you are really paying attention. He spent a season or two in Turkey with Alanya Spor. And then they have the number two guy in assists, an attacking midfielder named Sarush uh, Rafai. I'm going to pronounce it R-A-F-I-E-I. -E and uh, he's very good. He's got eight national team caps for Iran since 2014. Meanwhile, Esteglal, they are one of the aforementioned Tehran-based teams, one of the historical league leaders. Their name simply means independence. It's not a town. They are the all-time league table leaders in Iran. In the Persian Gulf Pro League, they have eight league titles to their name, but Persepolis has been winning them all for a long time. Their most recent title was in 2012-13. They have two Champions League titles to their credit, although one was from a very long time ago, and the more recent one was just in 1990-91. Uh, they're the best balanced team in the league, in my opinion. They've got the number two offense and defense going, and I believe their best player is uh, on the goalkeeping side, Rashid Mazahiri, and he's got three national teams caps to his credit since 2016. Match number three. For our third match, 
we stay on Saturday on the calendar, but we move to a different continental federation. We are off to Africa. I don't have a lot about this one, but it's just fun to follow in any degree that we can from leagues all over the world. That's why we do the podcast. We're headed to Uganda, their Premier League. It is rated number 18 in the uh, Continental African Federation, which is down one from a year ago. They just get one Champions League berth. It's only the top 12 uh, football associations in Africa that get two of them. And then they'll send one team as well to the Confederation Cup, which is their version of Europa League. And uh, last season is worth noting, uh, they got 80% of the way through the season, then they scrapped it. In any case, our matchup is the second place currently Vipers versus number one UPDF. UPDF lead in the table by just one. Vipers in turn are uh, tied with URA, which I believe is the uh, revenue service, the tax collectors based team. Uh, a lot of governmental uh, sponsorships around the world, especially once you get outside of Europe and particularly once you get into Africa. In any case, Vipers, they are from Wakiso Town, which is about 10 miles northwest of the capital city of Kampala. Uh, it's arguably in the greater metro area. I'd say it's not quite. The, it's a, very much a country town, a, a oversized village that's uh, grown up as Kampala has grown out to be closer and closer to it. It's got at least 60,000 people in it right now. Uh, the club have four league titles to their credit, if you include the fact that they were leading the league at the end of last year when the season got canceled. Uh, best continental finish in 2018-19. They very nearly made it to the group stage of Africa's Champions League before they lost to one of the Algerian powerhouses, uh, CS Constantine. Uh, this year, they are undefeated earlier in their season, 3-2-0, number one on goal differential as well. Um, if they're not going to be able to hold that position, it's going to be because of their defense. Their offense, number one in the league, but they are very average at best on the defensive side. Meanwhile, UPDF, it is the People's Defense Force. This is the Army team. They're based out of the Bombo area of Kampala. Uh, their ground seat's only about 1,000, just to give you some perspective compared to uh, European and other uh, confederations and their giant stadiums. They are 4-0-1 on the year and very well balanced. Tied for third place on offense, number two on defense. Match number four. We are off to Europe for this one, to Azerbaijan. Their Premier League is rated by UEFA in the coefficients as the 26th best on the continent, so uh, just a little bit above average as such. Well, they still only get one Champions League uh, team, and that team has to start all the way back in the first qualifying round, and then they do get two teams into to the new uh, Europa Conference League, which is going to be uh, tertiary, uh, right behind Europa League in prominence and the teams that get to participate. Uh, their two teams will get to start in the second qualifying round. Season in Azerbaijan, like in most of Europe, is about half over. And our matchup, number one, Karabagh versus second place currently, FK Nefci. Working on my pronunciations. Uh, Karabagh lead in the table by two. Nefci in the second position. They lead number three, Zira, by four in the table. Uh, Karabagh, they currently play out of the capital city of Baku, which, interesting note that I just learned about that, that is the largest city in the world that is below sea level. 
The team is originally from Agadam, but that is a city that was uh, destroyed in a uh, regional war in somewhat recent years. So uh, because of that, this team is very, very popular both in that region of the country and through uh, throughout the entire nation because they were the only team that was representing that particular region. Give you a little perspective on where they stand overall in Europe. I believe UEFA considers them in the top 75, just a couple of spots below uh, the Premier League's Leicester City. Uh, in 2017-18 in the Champions League, they became the first Azerbaijani team ever to qualify for the group stage. So good on them. They are the seven-time defending league champions, and they have eight total titles to their credit. Uh, their offense is number one in the league, but they're... Uh, or their defense, well, both. The defense is number one in the league. The offense is where their bread really gets buttered. They are uh, score more than twice as much as any other team. Uh, they score over two and a half goals per match. Um, a lot of that is on the feet of number one league scorer, Mahir M. Relly. He plays striker for them, 23 years old. He's been uh, making appearances for uh, the Azerbaijani national team since 2017. And then on the goalkeeping side, uh, statistically, he is number three in the league, tied for that, Emil Balayev. And if his name is familiar to you, it means that you might be a very big fan of the Bundesliga. He spent the 2015-2016 season on the roster anyway, didn't make any appearance for Eintracht Frankfurt. And he has also got uh, five national team caps to his name since 2019. And then we have second place currently, FK Nefchi, uh, that means oil workers. They are the oil workers team, also out of the capital city of Baku. Uh, this was the first team ever out of the nation's history to make a group stage of any European competition. In 2012, they did so in the Europa League. They have eight league titles to their credit. They were the last team to win one uh, that was not Karabag, 2012-13. They finished second place last year. Very well balanced. Uh, second best offense in the league, number three on defense. Uh, they have the league's second best scorer currently, Namik Alaskarov, attacking midfielder. And he's been uh, making appearances for the national team there since 2015. Match number five. This is our final Saturday match, and we stay in Europe. We're headed to Croatia, the number 20 UEFA-rated league. They get one Champions League first qualified ground berth, and then two Europa League Europa Conference League, I should say, a second qualifying round berth. The season there, too, is about half over. Now, I love to follow all these leagues that aren't necessarily at the top. I promise you I have and will continue to cover matches from the very biggest leagues in Europe and all over the world. But one of the things that I like about following some of these more middling or even uh, lower tier leagues from Europe and other parts of the world is oftentimes you uh, get to find out, uh, if you've been a longtime footy fan, where some of your former heroes have gone, where some of the big stars or better players have uh, graduated to, if you will, in their later years as they've gotten longer in the tooth and where you We'll find some young players that you'll get to know a little bit about before they uh, make their debuts for bigger teams in even bigger leagues. And we've got a couple of instances of those. The Croatian First Football League is just kind of the perfect example. The match. Number one, Dynamo Zagreb is taking on second place Osijek. O-S-I-J-E-K. Osijek. The management loves to make fun of me for my pronunciation. The management, by the way, is uh, my longtime friend who was the editor and producer of uh, this podcast. Thank you very much to him for his efforts. Osijek. 
These two are tied in points on the table right now, which is an especially big deal for Osiek. And uh, it's going to be a two-team race, it really looks like. Both of them lead third place Gorica currently by nine points in the table. Dynamo Zobgreb, if you like your teams a little down and dirtier, this might be the one for you. Their supporters and the team are known as Bad Boys Blue. Uh, They're very much a right-wing team, socio-politically. Uh, rather famous for their violent hooliganism and uh, so bad that it's gotten them in trouble. Fined by both their uh, National Football Association and by UEFA in the past. Uh, this club is rated number 38 in UEFA, a couple of spots behind Valencia in La Liga, to lend some perspective. Uh, the team certain to be the all-time uh, league leader in titles. They have 21 league titles. They are also the three-time defending champions. That also, they've never gotten past the Champions League group stage. I know that they would just love to break through into the knockout rounds for that. Uh, they are second best on defense. The league's really tight in that regard, though. Where they separate themselves statistically is on offense. Uh, they score over 2.5 goals per match. Just insane. A lot of that is courtesy of the second best scorer in the league, a Swiss fellow named Mario Gavanovic, or maybe it's Gavanovic, but I think I have it right. If his name is familiar to you as a longer time footy fan in Europe, uh, he has uh, spent years with uh, Swiss teams such as Lugano and Zurich. And then probably the biggest league team he's ever appeared for was Schalke out of the German Bundesliga. And he's been playing for the national team since 2011. Uh, he's made 26 uh, capped appearances. Ossiek, a uh, little bit about them and their city. That is the fourth biggest city in the country. It's in the eastern portion, town of well over 100,000. It's in the Slavonia region, and the ne name means ebb tide or ebbing tide. It's a city that's on elevated ground there. I always like to do at least one cuisine-related note per uh, Tend to Track podcast, and this is one that caught my eye. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's kulin or kulin. It is a sausage, and it is a pork sausage, minced specifically. But if you like your meat spicy, this is something to try. Uh, it's heavily influenced with uh, paprika. Also, texturally, it's very, very dense and very, very brittle. They dry the heck out of it. In fact, if you want to really do it the way they do it and like it extra dry, almost crispy, uh, you cure it by burying it under ashes in the ground, and that will get it incredibly dry. In any case, their supporters, I like their name, they are known as the Cohorta, uh, which is named for a uh, cohort, I believe, is the uh, unit of 360 from ancient times Roman armies. Uh, best European finish they've ever made was uh, the playoff round for the Europa League, which is the match right before the group stage. They've never won a league title, so... Who knows? So this could be their year to break through. Last year, they finished in fourth place. Uh, they're very good on offense, but defense is where they make it happen. They're the only club in the league that is uh, letting in fewer than one goal per match. Their offense, largely courtesy of uh, second-leading scorer Ramon Mieres. He is an Argentinian forward, just 23 years old, and he is on loan currently from Olives in La Liga in Spain. Here after the three-match mark is where we like weekly to take a break from tracking the upcoming week and do what we purport to do, and that is actually track matches. So let's talk about the results from 
last week's episode. Our first match came from the second tier EFL championship. Second best Swansea took on number one Norwich. Swansea came out on top 2-0. Players we said to look for, uh, Jake Bidwell had an assist. And the overall best stats went to uh, Freddie Woodman for the match. Congratulations to him. At the time of this recording, the table now stands Brentford number one. Norwich, uh, number B, <laughs> got to get that right, and uh, Swansea are still at third, albeit closer. Match number B, a Saturday match, we went to Italy, Serie A, where number four, Juventus took on number three, Roma. Juve won 2-0, Ronaldo scored, Morato, Morata rather, that we said to watch, where had an assist. They switched places in the table, essentially. Sunday, for our third match, we went to the Premier League. Man City won or, yeah, Man City won the match 1-4 over Liverpool as the visitors really kicked their tails. So Liverpool fell to at least fourth place. Match number four, we went to Hungary for a one-versus-two matchup. Ferenvaros versus uh, Fehrvar, and uh, Ferenvaros won 2-0. Tomac Nguyen scored, guy that we said to watch out for in the box score. Uh, Ferenvir fall to number three. Uh, they have the same number of points, but lose on goal differential tiebreaker as things stand right now with Puskas FC Academy. Our fifth match was the final in the African Nations Championship, Mali versus Morocco, and Morocco defended their title from last year. They won nil two. Match number six, the New Zealand Premier League. We had uh, number one Auckland City taking on number two Team Wellington Reserves. Their senior team plays in the Australian A League. And Auckland City won 3-1. to one. Auckland City are now up six on them with three matches to go. So all but wrapped up the title. Match number seven, another OFC match, the Solomon Island S League. I think this one went nil-nil, but I'm not entirely sure. That was Henderson Eels versus Solomon Warriors. It was either postponed or went nil-nil. Match number eight was the Guatemala Liga Nacional opportunity. Apertura final, the second leg, and Guatemala had won the first match, or I'm sorry, Guastatoya had won the first match 2-1. to one. The second match went to a 1-1 draw, therefore Guastatoya win the title on aggregate, 3-2. to two. Congratulations to them. Monday, match number nine, we went to the FIFA Club World Cup for African champions Al Ali taking on European champions Bayern Munich, and the result was a 0-2 win for Bayern Munich. Uh, All-time great Lewandowski scored a brace. Uh, they faced a UANL Tigres team that was the first ever team from CONCACAF to make it to a final. We didn't have a chance to review both of them, but I do know that Bayern Munich won that match. Congratulations to them on their World Cup club title. Monday, match number 10, we finished off in the Caribbean. The Cayman Islands, specifically their Premier League, had a number one versus number B matchup. Scholars International beat Bodentown 2-1 to one to hang on to first place. And in fact, Bodentown now dropped to number three behind a team simply called Latinos. Our bonus matches, the route of the week was a Tuesday match in Thai's League in Thailand's League One, uh, Patum. Patum United took on last place Trot FC and Patum won two to one. Uh, Trot actually scored the first goal before falling behind. And a guy we said to look for, Brazilian Victor Cardozo for the winners, did have a goal. 
our most meaningless match in the world. Uh, the definitions become more apparent when we get to the uh, current week's tracking for the bonus matches. We went to Serbia for uh, second-to-last place Radnik Sadurlika taking on last place uh, Vozdovac, and it was a 1-1 draw. For Sadurlika, Milan Makaric scored in the seventh minute. Their positions in the league table remained the same. And then finally, our match of disappointment was a Saturday match. This was the third time I tried to cover this darn match. Uh, both the previous two times, it had been postponed. This time, uh, you guys voted on the match on Twitter in the polls. It won, but then I saw somewhere that the league had been canceled for the season, so I thought that they weren't going to be able to do it. So as a final twist of the knife in my back, it turned out I was wrong, and they actually did make... Uh, did get the match in despite the fact that I thought the league was canceled and in Northern Ireland, uh, Carrick Rangers beat Dungannon Swifts nil two. So on that very disappointing note for the match of disappointing that they finally got it in when they thought they weren't going to get it in. Let's end the recap and head back into our current track with match number six. Our sixth match, kicking off the second half of the official 10 of the podcast, takes us to Sunday on the calendar and to Asia, back there on the map. The Syrian Premier League is where we're headed. It's rated number 22 in the Asian Football Confederation. They get one Champions League playoff round berth if the team can qualify. Some of these teams, I'm guessing due to stadium conditions, can't get an AFC Champions League license If that's the case for the winner of the league, they will instead qualify straight through to the group stage of the aforementioned Asian Cup, the secondary tournament. Either way, the second place team in the league also gets to go to the Asian Cup if some other team from some other country backs out. They're a team on standby. They're about halfway through the season in Syria. Your number one team currently is Al-Jaish, and in second place is Al-Karama. Al-Jaish lead in the table by three. Karama, in turn, are tied with in points, but ahead on goal differential of Tishreen, a club that we've covered before. A little bit about each. Al-Jaish literally translates to the Army, so our second Army team of the podcast. They are based in Damascus. Last year, they finished number four. They have 17 league titles to their credit historically, and until last year, they had won five straight. They won the AFC Cup in 2004. This is one of those teams, if they win the league, probably won't go to the Champions League. They've been participating a lot uh, as the league winner in, uh, inter- in continental competitions, if you will, but they've been going to the Asian Cup since 2006. They've got easily the best offense in the league, number four on defense. It's pretty tight statistically in the top half of that league defensively. And only the, number, uh, only the third best goal differential. This is going to be a really tight race to follow the second half of their season. There's only a five teams that can win it, in my opinion. The number three league scorer is on Aljaish, Mohamed Awakid, he is a forward and he is a veteran, 35 years old, has mostly stayed in the region. He's played for uh, Baghdad and he's also played for Al-Rifa out of Bahrain and he has uh, made four appearances for the national team since 2019. Meanwhile, Al-Karama, they are the Blue Eagles playing out of the city of, I'm not sure if it's Homs or if the H is silent, Homs, H-O-M-S. It is a city of about three quarters of a million or was. That number may be a lot lower since the uh, Syrian civil war. Um, since we had something to munch on with the last match, may I suggest it's not for noob. I don't like anise flavored anything, but, uh, they make, uh, a famous Iraq, an, an anise flavored liqueur 
in that region. The grapes are used for that. It is in the western part of the country, situated between the two larger cities of Aleppo and the capital city of Damascus. Last year, they finished just eighth in the league, so this is a big jump up for them right now. They do have eight league titles to their name, but they haven't won it since the 2008-2009 season. Uh, in continental competition, they actually made the finals of the Champions League back in 2006. Uh, this probably isn't one of the more fun teams to watch, to be perfectly honest, if you can catch it on satellite or if you're listening from that region. They are tied for ninth place in offense and number one on defense. In other words, they park the bus. They play everybody back. Uh, to that end, they only average letting in about one goal every three matches. Uh, what offense they do match, uh, do manage, I should say, is uh, courtesy of team leader Mohammed Alhamwi. He is a second striker for them positionally, another veteran, 36 years old. And uh, he made a bunch of national team appearances, but those were between 2005 and 2012. Match number seven. That wraps up our weekend. So now on to Monday for the seventh match. We're headed to Cyprus, which is... Somewhat surprisingly to me, the number 15 rated league in UEFA, they just passed Switzerland. When I first started following footy, I think that they were probably twice as far down the table, to be honest. Uh, currently, they get one Champions League berth. I believe starting the year after, they will start getting two since they're in the top 15. That team will start the second qualifying round. They will also get two second qualifying rounds for the Europa Conference League. Uh, the first phase of their regular season is all but done. The top six moved on to will move on to the Champions phase and uh, unlike a lot of leagues not totally unique but uh, they'll play a double round robin and the points from the first part of the season that they've earned will not matter all you've got to do is qualify for the top six and then everybody starts at zero for that double round robin currently in the table this was a number b versus number one match but there's been a little bit of movement in the table since i first scouted it it is now number three ael limasol versus number one apollon limasol uh, apollon lead ammonia by one in the table and then they also lead uh, ael by two in the table so a very uh, tight race for uh, the first trophy of the regular season, if you will. Uh, also, interestingly, they don't call this the Limassol Derby. It is simply a Limassol Derby. There's a third team from this city uh, called Aris, A-R-I-S, and anytime any two of those three play, they simply call it a Limassol Derby. So, kind of interesting. Uh, first, a little bit about AEL. Their club is located uh, very much well. Limassol is in the southern part of the country, and that is uh, wine grape growing country. Big industry there. City of about 200,000 people, second biggest one in the country. The club is nicknamed the Lions. They have six league titles to their name. Uh, they last won one in 2011-2012. Any titles they have before that, you've got to go at least as far back into the uh, annals of history to the 1960s. I've been looking up the UEFA ranks for a lot of these clubs this particular time to lend some perspective. They're not quite in the top 200 rated by UEFA. They've never made the group stage of any European competition. Last year, they made the championship phase, but they finished in last place in that, number six. This year, doing better statistically anyway. Uh, second best offense in the league, third best defense. Their top 10 scorer, I have no idea how to say his last name. Um, he is Belgian. I believe his ancestry, if uh, memory serves, comes from one of the sub-Saharan African countries. I can't remember which one. Ryan 
M-M-A-E-E. Uh, if you truly follow European football from all over, you may know his name from having played for Standard Liege in Belgium. Uh, more typically, they tended to loan him out, though, uh, to fellow Belgian club Wassen Beverlin. Beverin, I should say, and then also to the Danish team Aarhus, A-A-R-H-U-S. Hope I'm getting that right. Meanwhile, Apollon, named after Apollo, therefore their team nickname is simply God. Not the gods or anything like that, just God. Interesting. Uh, three league titles to their credit. Most recent was just in 2005-2006. Uh, more recently, even though they haven't been winning, they have made a couple Europa League uh, group stage appearances. They've done decently well in the Europa League. Last year, they finished fourth place in the domestic league. Uh, best offense of the league and the second best defense. But to be perfectly honest, I've been following this league a little more closely than some over the years because my first ever Twitter follower, Soccer Noob USA, by the way, on Twitter, if you'd like to follow me, um, I know this league a little bit, and I think that Omonia, uh, the second best team right now, I think that they're going to be the only true threat uh, uh, to the number one team right now. That said, they do sport the number one league scorer, Nicholas, I'm going to pronounce it Deguini. He is 32, a winger, and uh, he's played for some Greek clubs over the years, but no place bigger than that. Match number eight. Our last three official matches of the Tenda Track will all be Wednesday matches. Number eight, we're going to the Champions League in Europe for the round of 16. Uh, this is the first leg of the uh, first match of the two legged tie. Sevilla versus Borussia Dortmund is the one that I've chosen to preview simply because I don't think that I've ever previewed Sevilla before. Just so you know, the second leg of this isn't going to be played until March 9th. Sevilla. I wonder if something is lost in the translation for the club nicknames. The translators I use said that they, they are known as the Nervous or the Nervous Ones and the Basins or Basin Men. I'm just not sure about that. I was a little surprised to see that they were rated quite this highly in UEFA. I need to follow the Liga a little bit more closely when it comes to my top Europeans leagues. I've been more Premier League and a little bit more uh, League One in France focus. This is rated in the top 10 of UEFA, number nine. That said, and I almost wonder if my source on this was right, I think they've only got one ever league title in Spain and that it came all the way back in 1945-46 season. In any case, what I am more confident in is that they have an all-time record six Europa League titles. They've never won the Champions League. Maybe their uh, team nickname should be the uh, Bridesmaids, as they are always that and never the bride, apparently. They did win the Europa League last year. They qualified for the Champions League both through that and by finishing uh, fourth place in La Liga last year. They are in fourth place in La Liga this year as well, doing very well. Fifth best offense, uh, even better on uh, defense, second best there statistically. Uh, they got to the knockout stage by finishing in second place in Group E, just a point behind Chelsea. Uh, their offense, they've got a guy who's on the top 10 scoring board for the event in Youssef Nessiri. He is a Moroccan striker whose last name I am certainly butchering. Just 23 years old and been playing for the Moroccan national team since 2016. And then also top 10 in their league in assists. Another guy to look for in the box score, Joan or Joan, J-O-A-N, Jordan. He is a central midfielder. And while he has never appeared, I don't believe, with the Spanish national team, uh, he does play for the Catalonian national team. Catalonia, of course, being the autonomous district uh, or country if you will, within Spain. Uh, he's been with them that team for several years, even though it is not a FIFA um, 
sponsored, if you will, a recognized team and country. I thought it would be worth noting that he's with them. Kind of cool. In any case, Dortmund rated number 14 by UEFA of all clubs. They got here by winning Group F by three points over Italian Serie A club Lazio. Uh, internationally, they do have one Champions League title to their credit back in 1996-97. Uh, for those of you who follow footy to any real degree, as opposed to uh, fellow new bites like me, I have to tell you very little, I'm sure, about Erling Holland. Uh Europe's darling, just 20 years old and killing it when it comes to scoring. He's tied for tops in that category for this event. He is Norwegian, a striker, started his senior career in Molde in Norway, and then he went to RB Salzburg. And of course, he's being rumored with all sorts of moves to uh, Premier League and other major European league teams. He's been playing with the national team for Norway since he was 18 years old. And we have our first USA player connection. Very young, just 18 years old, Gio Reyna is an attacking midfielder for them. Uh, if you're an MLS fan, you certainly will know him from his days with NYCFC, playing with them as a teenager. And he's also got a couple of caps with the U.S. men's national team. Match number nine. We're headed to South America for the first time this podcast, Colombia specifically, for their category... Primera A, the top flight there. This is the number three rated league, I believe most would say, in Conmebol. That, according to kickalgorithms.com, a site I know, love, and trust for such things. As the third best, they get two Copa Libertadores group stage berths and one berth into the second qualifying round. That is the Champions League there, by the way. Uh, they are very early here in their year, and specifically the Apertura stage. Uh, like most or all South American and a lot of Latin American countries in general, they divide their soccer year into two stages, the Apertura and then a separate stage, the Clausura, that's opening and closing. For this stage, the Apertura, we have number B, Juniors FC, playing host to number one, Deportivo Cali. Juniors lead by just one in the table here early on. Uh, juniors, they are the Sharks, and they are from Barranquilla, the Caribbean coast, from where the music that I hope you're hearing that I supplied producer the management with, if he was able to slide it in. If not, Google you some cumbia music up on your Google machine. It's really cool. Uh, 1.5 million is the size for this city, northeast coast of the country, so that's why this music has a very Caribbean feel. They finished in sixth place last year. Nine stage titles to their credit historically. The most recent was in 2019, the Clausura stage. Uh, the Copa Libertadores, their best finish in that was in 1994. They made the semifinals. This year, very well balanced. Uh, third best offense and tied for the third best defense. Their offense is going to largely come through tied for second best scorer Miguel Borja. He plays forward for them. And if you follow Con Mabol, you're more likely to know his name from his time with Brazilian club Paul Myris. But that said, he has also been with the Colombian national team uh, since 2016. Meanwhile, Deportivo Cali, they are the sugar makers. I just love that name. Uh, Cali is the third biggest city in the country. It's in the southwest portion, about two and a half million. It is named for the Kalima, the, Amer the Amerindian natives from that area. And another thing that you may or may not know about the city that I think is lots of fun, this is known as the South American Capital of Plastic Surgeries. Uh, Medical tourism is really big in, in uh, South America all over, and this is the area where you go for your nose jobs, apparently. Last year, they finished number four in the league. This year, they are undefeated so far. 
They've been very average on offense as well, but they've only let in one goal so far. Uh, nine stage titles to their credit historically. Last one they won was the Apertura stage in 2015. Uh, the Copa Libertadores, they made the finals two different times, 1978 and 1999, and they were the first ever Colombia team to get there. Uh, their offense, their team leading scorer is Augustin Palavacino. He is a central attacking midfielder from Argentina. And match number 10, we're done. Finally! And now our last, at least official, match of the 10 to track. We return to Asia one more time, to Thailand, for the second week in a row, actually. Thai League One is the number eight rated league in the AFC. They get a Champions League group stage team in out of this league, and then two in the Champions League to the qualifying playoff round, which immediately precedes the group stage. They're a little bit over halfway through the season there right now, and our match is number one BG, Patum United versus second best Port FC. And uh, this league, even though it's halfway through, the positions at the top may already be somewhat decided, to be honest. Uh, Patum lead Port by 10, and then Port in turn lead uh, third place Bururam by 8 in the table. Nevertheless, a little bit about each. Uh, even though we covered them last week in one of the bonus matches, I want to give you some information about uh, Patum. They are from the province of Patum Thani, uh, which is north of Bangkok, area of about 1.1 million, and the team is known as the Rabbits. Uh, they were just founded in 2006, uh, and their first club president was born under that zodiac sign. That's the reason that they have that other than otherwise less than intimidating nickname. Uh, they are undefeated on the year. Third best offense, uh, easily number one on defense. They give up just one goal on average every other match. Uh, how have they been doing on the continent? In 2015, they made the Champions League and advanced all the way to the playoff round right before that group stage. 2019, they finished number one in the league. 2020 season got uh, COVID canceled, if you will. Uh, 2014, uh, they won the FA Cup as well. They have the uh, second best scorer in the league in Brazilian Victor Cardozo. And a little bit strange because he plays center back. So I guess he's very much a box box player. And then uh, their goalkeeping is so good, uh, courtesy of Chatshai Budpram. He's got uh, 10 clean sheets on the air already, twice as many as anybody else. And uh, because he's so good, he's been making a lot of national team appearances there in Thailand. He's been uh, with them since 2013. Meanwhile, Port FC, a team we've never covered before on the cast, they are the Lions, our second Lions of the podcast. Uh, this is the most popular team from Thailand uh, regionally in that part of the world. They've got a lot of foreign fans because this is the Port area. Uh, that's called Farang, I believe, in Thai. Uh, they play in the Klong Toei district of Bangkok, which is in the central part of the city, uh, even though it is the port. Uh, there's a big inlet there. Area of about 100,000. Uh, last year, they they made the Champions League, I believe, the first time and lost uh, the only match they got to play there. Uh, best offense in the league, tied for number four on defense. Uh, their top scorer and top 10 in the league is a Spaniard named Sergio Suarez, plays midfield. Uh, he's been with this team since 2017, but interestingly, before that, uh, he was with a fourth-tier uh side in Thailand. I wouldn't have even necessarily known that they had four tiers in Thailand, to be honest. And they brag the number three goalkeeper statistically in the league, Warawut Srisupa. And uh, I hope I got his name right. It's an unusual one to me anyway, as a noob. Uh, he has worked with the national team in Thailand, but doesn't have any caps with them yet. 
Now is the time of the podcast when we will take our second break from our current tracking, this time to do something totally not soccer-related, but something that we absolutely love to do. Back in back in the SoccerNoob.com website days, which I'm still hoping to uh, bring back and co-do uh, with this uh, podcast eventually, I used to, for no reason whatsoever, throw up pictures of weird sandwiches, pretend I had eaten them, and do what I would call a sandwich review noobs sandwich review but get it see i throw a b on the end so it sounds the same it's hysterical right person noob yeah but hold on you research those things well research would be a strong word i would look up goofy pictures of sandwiches throw them on the website and then talk about them as if i'd eaten them and given give a serious culinary review but now we do it for the podcast and what do we call the new segment Person Noob's Sandwich Review. I've given you control of the sandwich segments that we do for no particular reason whatsoever. But once again, instead of me making a sandwich for her like we did the first time, she is turning the tables and has made a sandwich for me to review. I have are, before. are you going to tell me what's in the sandwich? Bef- no. No, I don't get to know? No. No. I'll give you a hint. Okay. You seen earlier that mom helped me open mustard. There is mustard on this. Okay, yep. I heard you talking about, and it's a Dijon mustard, I believe, correct? No. Oh, it's not. It's a regular yellow mustard, and I know it's on a whole wheat bread. Yep. And that's the kind we have here. I'm going to try not to look inside. And now, you you told me previously this is made with lots of yummy things, right? Yes. But do they belong together on a sandwich? No, not really. No, not really. So we're not sure I'm, how this is going to go. I'm like, if I'm, if you, I love these items, but... You want to take a bite with me? Take a bite at the same time? I don't even want to try it. Oh, then I don't know if I want to try it, but I'm going to do it. Okay, here I go. Mmm. Mm, you only got one, the delicious part of it. Eat some more. Eat right okay. in the big... There's a, there's Eat a, right like, in the middle? There's a lump in the center. And I want you to eat on that, because that's where most people Well, you should have put that on the edge, because I'm not going to get all that way. All right, I'll try. Mm. Okay. Whole wheat bread. I taste something sweet. Is that one of your breakfast mini muffins? Yes, I have four of them on the edges. And then I know it's got pickles. Do you want me to name everything that's in it? And I had to cheat because you showed me the center. I had to take a big enough bite. It's got broccoli. Is there anything else on it? Okay, so I will tell you what is on it. Muffins. The My mini muffins, those orange things that I like to eat. Like wet oranges. What are they called? Oranges. Okay, whatever. Mandarin oranges, probably. Mm. Mandarin oranges. Chocolate. Mustard. Pickles, and a piece of broccoli. <laughs> Wait, what kind of chocolate was in here? Just normal Hershey's chocolate. Oh, it was a Hershey's chocolate, not chocolate syrup. It was chocolate syrup. Okay, well, i got to be honest. Um, okay, I'm going to review the sandwich. Uh, mustard and pickles are, are great. And to be, and honestly, the uh, mini muffins, this might surprise you, the mini muffins weren't too bad. It was a nice counterbalance, oh. the sweetness to the tart of the pickle and mustard. The broccoli was an interesting crunch. I actually covered the muffins in lots of mustard. I don't know why that got like that. And what kind of muffins were they? Like strawberry? Mm, 
Or blueberry? Yeah, celebration pack? I don't know. Celebration flavor. We don't even know. That's like getting the birthday cake somewhere like, you know, Dairy Queen. What's what's really in it? We don't know. Hmm. But despite the fact that you tried to gross me out by putting too many delicious ingredients that don't go together on one sandwich, on a scale of uh, on a scale of one to ten, I am going to give your sandwich um, a five and a half. You were probably thinking we'd get a one or a two, and that uh, that I would I not have to I throw up on nine. you. I was hoping I did a nine to a nine and a half, at least a nine. A nine. Dream on, young child. This is why you are person noob. You are new to being a person, just like I am new to being soccer. It's Thank you. Bread, mm-hmm. Muffins, mustard, chocolate, pickles, broccoli, and oranges. What's not to like about all those items? I'm going to leave that to be a rhetorical question because while I would enjoy them all separately, I cannot wholeheartedly recommend that you do this like a sandwich unless you are a seriously adventurous eater, Nubites. Person Noob, thank you so much for your sandwich efforts. I hope you will not be offended that I don't necessarily eat the rest of this. Uh, Let's get on with the track, shall we? Hold on. I have some questions. One, why do you like broccoli? Two, I'm not sure you can rate things with half. I'm pretty sure it's a five or a six. Three, I am, I am sad that you don't want to finish my delicious sandwich. Me! <laughs> I don't want to wait the whole hour, so. And while that is it for the official Tend to Track, we now get to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and that is the Weekly 3 bonus matches. And that, by the way, thank you very much for participating on the Twitter polls. Uh, if you're not doing so, you can follow me there, find me there under uh, Soccer Noob USA. About Tuesday, usually maybe Wednesday, I tend to put out a variety of polls for these bonus matches. You get to vote and uh, decide which ones are going to get picked and what have you picked. A Monday match, a first versus last place matchup for the route route, 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 of of the week. week. We are headed to Bulgaria for a Monday match in their first professional league is what it's called in the top flight. It is the number 23 rated league in UEFA, which is up four spots from the year before. So they are really climbing. That's a big jump. They get one Champions League first qualifying round tournament berth and then two for the Europa Conference League berth. One team will get uh, relegated and then three will get to go to a relegation playoff. It's a bracketed tournament and will evolve one or more teams from the second division. It was very weird and confusing, but the important thing to know is that four teams will be in danger. Our match Halfway through the season is number one, Ludogorets Razgrad versus last place, number 14, Etar, E-T-A-R. Uh, Razgrad lead the second best team by six. Meanwhile, at the other end of the table, Etar, they are just four points from safety, so all is not lost. It's very tight at the bottom of the table. First, Ludogorets Razgrad. Razgrad is in the northeast part of the country, city of about 40,000. And they are the Eagles, which I believe is the same mascot that uh, Lazio uses in Italy's Serie A. In any event, I do know that uh, their live mascot, the first one they ever had in Razgrad, Fortuna, was the name of a live eagle that Lazio gave them. Kind of cool. This is the number 55 rated team in all of UEFA. Gives some perspective that puts them right behind uh, Marseille from France's League One and Italian Serie A's AC Milan. 
This team has been the real powerhouse, a real dynamo. They have won the last nine league titles in a row. They've made the Champions League group stage twice, both times in the mid-2010s. This year, how are they doing? 12 wins, three draws, just one loss, plus 21 goal differential. Best in offense and defense. Neither won by tons, but they're going to be plenty better than the last place at Tars, you can be sure. Who to look for in the box score? Tied for the third best score in the league is Claudiu Keseru. He is from Romania, a forward. If you are familiar with him, it might be because you follow France's League One. He played in Nantes, and uh, I'm going to pronounce it Angers, A-N-G-E-R-S. And he has been a mainstay with the national team since 2013, has 40 caps with them. Also to pay attention for, tied for third best in the league in assists, Dominic Yankov. He's a midfielder, and he is just 20 years old, a real name to look uh, for moving forward. He'll probably be moving to a, a larger European league sooner rather than later. And he's already got uh, three national team caps as well. Meanwhile, Atar at the bottom of the table, they are the Bolyars or noblemen as uh the city of Atar was the capital of the country during the Second Bulgarian Empire. Uh, well, the city's name is not uh, Atar. The city's name where they play is Valiko Tornovo. Uh, it's in the north central part of the country, about 75,000. And interestingly, uh, virtually all the cities in Bulgaria are shrinking in population, unfortunately. But this is one of the only ones that's actually uh, growing in size still. They are 2, 5, and 9 on the year, 11 and 31 for their goal differential. They're second to last in both the offensive and defensive categories. They do have one league title to their name, but you've got to go all the way back to 1990-91 season to find it. Last year, they finished in just 10th place. Their hopes, what few they might have for an upset, lie at the feet of top 10 scorer Preslav Borokov. He's just 20 years old, another guy that might be moving to a major European league sooner rather than later. And in fact, he's already got some experience abroad. He spent two seasons with Sheffield Wednesday, although he didn't make any appearances for them. And uh, he has been playing with the Romanian youth national teams. Uh, also, the goalkeeping side of the ball, not too bad. Christo Ivanov, he has three clean sheets to his name already. But boy, when he when he doesn't have a clean sheet, he lets in a ton of balls into the back of the net, apparently. Uh, very much a veteran, 38 years old. He spent his entire career in Bulgaria, and he's got one national team appearance to his credit. That was back in 2019. And as always, officially, I will make a prediction and say that the game will be 5-0 because that's the score I always pick. For our second bonus match, this is one of my favorites to do in a way because it's a match that just doesn't have any meaning. I scour the top flight domestic leagues all over the world, just like I do for the route of the week, looking for teams that are right in the middle of the standings, trapped perfectly between any sort of berth for international competition and last place or the relegation zone. We call it... Actually, let's just sing it. Personu, would you like to join me in our uh, cover of the Prince song, Most Beautiful Girl in the World? All right, ready? One, two, three. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring because you're in the middle of the table. <laughs> I see you're coughing. Did you have a little bit too much of that? Uh, did you eat some of your sandwich? My sandwich? Oh, the Fritos that were supposed to be for me to go along to wash the taste out of my mouth from that interesting sandwich. 
Fair enough. Most meaningless match in the world. You voted for it. I cover it for you. We're headed to Albania, the Categoria Superior. It is the number 41 UEFA rated league. Just recently got passed up by the likes of uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, the Republic of Ireland, and North Macedonia. Their season is about halfway through. Uh, one team is going to get to go to the Champions League. Two teams are going to get to go to the Europa Conference League. Two will get relegated. One will go to a relegation playoff. And neither of these teams is likely to be in any of those positions. Because this is the most meaningless match in the world. Number five, FK Tehran versus number six, Kuxi. And what makes this really, really interesting, normally I like to do this because if you're not in first or you're not in last, then you don't tend to get covered by this pod or probably much of any other podcast. So I thought, why not look for some middling teams, just throw a little spotlight on them. Well, Interestingly, this time around, last year, this would have been a one versus two matchup in all likelihood. Uh, let's see. Let's talk about each one. Tehran, uh, that's a, the a capital city of about a, a third of a million people or so. Uh, the club is ranked number 328 by UEFA. This is the most successful team in the country historically in European competitions, even though they're very middling right now. That said, they've not gotten further than the second qualifying round of the Champions League, at least in the modern era. They have 25 league titles to their credit, including last year. That's right. Most meaningless this year, but they're the defending champs. They are 6, 8, and 4 on the season with a minuscule plus 6 goal di differential. Their top scorer is Ernest Musi or Mushi M U C I. He is just 19 years old, so could be a name to look for that could move up into larger European leagues. He's been playing with the uh, Albanian uh, youth national team system so far. Meanwhile, our other our other team, um, I want to make sure I get the pronunciation right, is Kuks K U K E S. They are known as the Northeasters because they're from the northeast part of the country. Meaningless, boring. Get a better nickname. Uh, it's a smallish town or city, if you will, 50,000. Not a lot of industry there. Big carpet factory from what I read, then agriculturally. Uh, and they produce a lot of beverages, but only two kinds, dairy and booze, which I thought was very specific and interesting to find in my research. The club is only ranked about number 277 by UEFA. They are 8-2-8 and eight on the year, and even smaller goal differential, plus two. Their offense is actually a little bit above average, but they make up for that by being a little worse than average on defense. They did win a league title fairly recently, 2016-17, and they almost made the group stage once in the Europa League. They had to start all the way back in that first qualifying round, and they won three matches before losing in the playoff round. Name to look for, if any, is going to be Agim, or Agim, A-G-I-M, Abrami, A-B-R-A-I-M-I. He is the league's leading scorer, and he's from North Macedonia. If his name is familiar to you, it means that you follow the Red Bull system, probably. He played for Salzburg back in the mid-2000s, and if you follow the international side of the game, he's been a mainstay with their national team uh, from 2019 to 2016. And so now, dear New Bites, we have truly come to the end of our podcast road. The 10 to track concludes with a 13th match. What can I say? That's noob math for you. Tend to track. We do 13 matches because I don't want to cut any other ones. And I like my three bonus matches. They're lots of fun. Although this last one, fun in a way, might not be the right word. We have to give the noob treatment. 
to two last place teams that I have found and that you have voted on. There were several in the world. The one you picked was from the Australian A-League. It is time to present you not with an ending of happiness and joy, but one of sadness, melancholy. Let there be wailing and gnashing of teeth for the match of Disappointed! Thank you very much for your work on that. As always, Kevin Sorbo, big fan of the show, I'm sure. Right. The match of Disappointed, and this got a record number of votes. Not just this match, but I mean in general for the whole thing. Uh, You voted many times, and your winner, a Wednesday match. I'm not even sure winner is the right word. Winner, loser, it's the match of Disappointed. Two last place teams out of Australia's A-League. They participate in the Asian Football Confederation. They used to be part of Oceania's. In Asia, they are rated the number 11 league. No help to these two teams currently, or from these two teams currently. We have last place, Melbourne Victory, just a few matches into the season, playing host to nearly equally as putrid. Number 11, Wellington Phoenix. They're tied in the table, but uh, Wellington happened to be ahead on goal differential. Melbourne Victory. How do they end up here? This just emphasizes how sad and truly disappointing, if I can make up that word, it is, that they're here at the bottom of the table. This is the second most successful club in league history. Their fandom is from the city's uh, center by and large. Uh, They finished in 10th place last year. So yuck. That said, they've got three league titles to their credit. And the most recent one was 2014, 15. Oh, what horrible fate has befallen you. Melbourne inaptly named victory. Um, They made the round of 16 just last year in the Champions League. I mean, my goodness. Uh, And that was based on a number three finish in the league from two years prior. This year, they're just one, one, and four, equally stinking on both offense and defense. Um, If anybody's going to be worth following, I suppose it's central midfielder Jake Brimmer. He's on the scoring leaderboard and just 22 years old. Hopefully, he'll get to move on to a stronger team before too long. Meanwhile, equally disappointing, Wellington Phoenix, just founded 13 years ago. Uh, They're from New Zealand, and so uh, even if they were doing better, they couldn't go to the Champions League, at the very least in Asia, being based out of New Zealand, which is now the biggest country remaining in Oceania's Football Confederation. I'm not sure if they won this league, if they would be eligible for the OFC Champions League or not. But it doesn't matter, because they're absolutely rotten to their core this year. They are just 1-1-3, with a puny negative 2 goal differential. Uh, their defense isn't uh, completely in the abyss. The offense is definitely the issue. We're not sure what happened either. Last year, they finished number three. If they are to make some sort of comeback, which Noob is not expecting, it may be at the feet of Mexican Ulysses Davila. So we get a CONCACAF connection. He is on the top 10 scoring leaderboard there. If his name is familiar to you, CONCACAF fans, uh, he played in Liga MX for both uh, Guadalajara and Santos Laguna. And European footy fans, uh, you may remember that Chelsea had the rights to him for a few years, but he never made any appearances for them on the roster. He was always loaned out. And it's really unfortunate that this is where he was loaned out because the match of Disappointed is where no one wants to be. Uh, Person Nubis had to take a break. Nevertheless, on her behalf, a Bronx cheer for these two sad sack bottom feeders from down under. And that'll put a bow on it. This has been episode 20. Thank you so much for tuning in to the 10 to track. I really hope if you enjoyed this podcast that you'll, uh, Take the time to uh, share stuff about us on Twitter or tell your uh, soccer and football friends that uh, that we exist. Because quite frankly, podcasts, there's a ton of them out there. But you know what? 
me and my daughter, we really endeavor to bring you something truly unique with our podcast. Lots of matches, lots of clubs, lots of teams that you're not going to get anywhere else, quite frankly, and a little bit of information about a lot of different teams. Plus, we like to have a little bit of fun with the comedy. It might get a little bit silly, but you know what? Why not? In any case, again, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time for episode 21. And as always, have a fabulous footy week. (laughs) 